Uh, right, this is the Mountain Bike Podcast number three. Um, this time we're talking about Madeira, the third round of the Enduro World Series. Uh, available on YouTube, of course. You've got it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and I think it's still coming to Deezer. Not quite yet, but it's coming. Uh, this week as a co-host, I've got Tracy Mosley in the studio. Hello. Tracy, uh, seven-time British national downhill champion, two-time World Cup downhill overall champion, world downhill champion, and three-time Enduro World Series champion. Thanks, Wikipedia, is that? <laughs> I can't remember I got that. I think it's off your website. Um, what ranks the highest out of all those titles, would you say? I think it, there's two things, I guess. World champs for downhill, for sure. One-day yeah. race. Rainbow jersey still is the you know the iconic jersey for cycling. That was a pretty special special day. Yeah. Um, but I think having spent so many years trying to win that, to be able to then basically start the Enduro World Series with a win and have three years back to back of that yeah. was something I never expected. Um, and was a yeah, pretty cool thing to be able to to do and an achievement I'll always remember for sure. I want to talk about that actually a bit later about downhillers racing enduro. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's quite an interesting point actually. I think in the early times, it was almost sort of when you've had enough of downhill, you could go to enduro. Maybe not the same now. Yeah, I think that was the case. I think that was more because enduro was still kind of, I guess, quite new in, in for some countries. Yeah, true. Yeah. I know when I finished downhill racing, I went over to Europe and did some enduros before the World Series started. And mm. the French guys particularly were like, well, we've been racing enduro for like for, while, for yeah. 10 years. So it's, yeah. it wasn't new, but for certainly in the UK and other countries, it was kind of the new thing. Yeah. So therefore it was like, what's next once your downhill career is done? Um, a few people transferred over, but now I think it's a fully well-established discipline in its own right that youngsters are actually wanting to become enduro riders. Yeah. Know, that's their goal now, so they've um, got that choice, I think, which is cool, quite cool. And the youngsters are winning enduro races, which they are. of course we'll get on to. Yeah. Um, so when did you, did you retire, or is it semi-retirement, I suppose, you're still riding? <laughs> well, I don't think I'll ever retire from riding bikes, that's yeah. for sure, but um, yeah, from that high level of racing, uh, definitely retired. Um, <laughs> having a baby means that there's uh, priorities change, and if you're going to be successful at that level, you need to be a selfish athlete that trains all the time. Yeah. And, uh, Right. Now I've got a baby that basically takes over that one number one priority. So yeah. yeah, I'd love to see myself back at a race at some point, but a few years down the line, probably, I think. Do you think you could jump in realistically and um, compete? It's difficult to know, isn't it, until, unless you're actually doing it. it. Yeah, exactly. It's really hard to say. And even if you kind of go riding with people, the racing is a completely different thing than actually just riding your trails with your, with people that you yeah. think oh yeah I can still beat them I'm going to be able to beat them at the race you know it's and Strava's not quite the same it's either. not quite the same I don't so. suppose you use Strava do you I don't actually know never imagine. never had a Strava account <laughs> stay well well away at that uh, so when you retired in 2017 from Enduro <laughs> um, Enduro World Series the last year I did was 2015 so oh, okay, I did 2013 sorry. 14 15 and yeah. then I did one round in 2016 in Ireland okay um, and then yeah that was the last round I did for the World Series. So now, what is your sort of job role? Doing a master of all sorts of things. Uh, still working with Trek Bicycles, and now kind of working for their their basically their three mountain bike teams. So this is the first year they brought all the teams in house, um, and that was kind of one of my big, I guess, yeah. dreams in a way that I started racing when downhill cross country teams were all part of you know one team. Yeah, true. And yeah. for many years, it's gone and diversified. And I really felt like you know it's still mountain biking in the day. It's just a different discipline. So we've kind of I've helped. Um, bring those three teams kind of back together really under under Trek so helping manage those three teams so, um, specifically so the Enduro got... team really alright oh, okay so Enduro team Trek consists of so Ruri? you've got Rory Cunningham Katie Winton and Pedro Burns yeah. from Chile, Pedro so. Burns I raced with uh, and this, well, 
say race with. He was very fast. I was in the race. Yeah. Um, Chilean at Pacifico. Yeah, yeah, super fast. Yeah. I'm sort of expecting a little bit more from him in the Giro World Series. Yeah, I think he is still quite young. You know, he yeah. was doing the under 21 series a few years ago. So okay. I think he, he still has a lot to learn in terms of different terrain. When you grow up in Chile, there's very much yeah. one kind of terrain there, isn't yeah. it? It's dry, loose and rocky. Um, and as soon as there's roots and rock and any any rain, he definitely struggles. So you know where he lives, is it Santiago? Yeah, or, he's right. real close to Santiago. So yeah, yeah I mean, he consistently, we've he's been now top twenties every round this year, which is a big improvement from the last two years. Okay. Um, and I think more experience that he gets, the hopefully the better he'll go. He's actually coming over to Scotland this weekend to do the European round in Glentress. Okay. So I'm kind of encouraging him to, yeah. to try and travel and, you know, ride as much as he can. So Right. So your Scottish yeah. rider, Ruri, is that injured at the moment? Yeah, Ruri's got a really unusual yeah. um, issue that I don't think you could have ever expected or, or prevented anyway. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just still undergoing tests, trying to find out he's got a leak of his spinal fluid mm. um, into his head. So it's causing basically a lot of pressure and he's right. unable to really... I think even sit up or stand up for long periods of time without oh. getting dizzy. So it's yeah, really, yeah. really something I've never heard of before. Um, Difficult to deal with. Normally, it's, well, in my case, you fall off and you get hurt. So it's completely different. Completely different. And now he's you know been bedridden for a good few weeks and all that winter's right. training. Now you can just oh, see it disappearing. God, so even when he's back riding, there's nothing physically really broken in terms of his you know riding body. He'll still have a lot of work to do fitness wise, which is a huge shame because I think he was yeah. you know on track for hopefully getting some consistent top tens really this year. And then your downhill team, World Cups, you've got yep. a young team this year. Super young team. So yeah. Reese Wilson, Charlie Harrison, Kate Edwards, and then junior, first year junior, Ethan Chandro. So yeah, yeah really young, exciting new team. Uh, really good guys. Charlie um, Harrison did well at Maribor. Yeah, first podium, fourth yeah. place in Maribor. And Ethan, the junior, has got second. So yeah, really, really good fun. I mean, that's a that's a long-term project with those guys. But Yeah, right. Um, Ethan Chandro, good. the son of Andrew Chandro, yeah. Shandy, who was probably slightly getting on a little bit when I started World Cup racing, but he was Canadian World Cup downhill racer. Yeah, and he won Rampage, if I'm not wrong in yeah, saying, I think, I think you're right, back actually. in the day. So, yeah. yeah, bit of a freeride guy. And he's, he's running the kind of the C3 freeride programme for Trek as well, so he's right. kind of working with the downhill and C3 guys. So Yeah, interesting team. Yeah. Cade Edwards, I was just saying before, actually, I think he's such a good rider. Oh. <laughs> like, he could do whatever he wants. He could race downhill and be yeah. really good at it, but he could also go and do a, a video like Brandon Seminar can would yeah. be amazing. So The utter raw skill on the bike is just incredible. Yeah, so, yeah. although he's been a bit injured, hasn't he? Just recently? really unlucky. Literally yeah. just like broke his ankle doing just something stupid on a slide or something. It wasn't even riding his bike. <laughs> That's the thing. He goes and does mad stuff on his bike. That's what happens with these yeah. But yeah, he's an exciting talent for sure and good character. And finally, cross-country team, that is Anton so we, Cooper. We have got Anton. We've also got Emily Batty and Yolanda Neff signed okay, this year yeah. and Evie Richards from the UK and Ellen Noble from the US. So a really big squad for the XC team and two of the big hitters really for the women's. Pretty um, impressive. Actually, I want to talk about Trek. Trek have, have a really good history of supporting some of the world's best female racers. Yourself, Rachel Aston, Yolanda Neff. Yeah. It's a really good list of races that they actually, you know, put their dollars behind. Definitely, yeah, and even across the road as well. I think we've seen it across, you know, all cycling, and they've had probably one of the strongest women's lineup, which yeah. really cool in cross country. Now, yeah, Paul Anton's actually uh, four to one in the females to males <laughs> in the cross country team, so I think he's going to keep his head down most of the year. Um, interesting scene <laughs> next week, first round of the World Cup. Yeah, it's, it's funny, exciting. like you say, you've got three teams, but to me, it almost feels like there's three really strong from a sort of punter's point of view of watching these races. There's three really strong completely separate 
uh, events to watch now with the Definitely. downhill World Cups, yeah. the footage on Red Bull being so good. Yeah. I'm um, uh, hoping for the same of the, the cross country. Yeah, yeah, really Definitely. great. As a fan of mountain biking, there's three brilliant things to really watch. Yeah, you can almost every weekend is going to be uh, covered with something over the summer, which is great. And I think it's it is exciting to watch the racing. We, we'll talk about the you know the enduro. I feel like it's getting closer and closer amongst yeah. a lot of the ranks, and it's it really is like there's a lot of people there gunning for a win, and it's it's cool to watch and see it unfold during the year. So we're on to round three of the EWS already. Um, did you have any favourites before the season started? Well, I guess you know Cecile getting injured right before the start. That was in the women's race was certainly a big, a big change. And so I think was, she broke her neck, and it's been sort of one of the uncomplicated broken. Necks, I think so. I have. I don't actually know much detail about it. I just know that obviously it was. She said at the time it was going to be a few, few months before she was back racing. Yeah, I don't right. know whether she set a time or a race as such to be that. I think it's hard to say at the time. I guess that's one of those injuries. You just take it as it comes. Exactly. You know, yeah. And I think it, for me, her being out completely opened up the women's racing and I actually expected in a way I didn't you know Isabeau's been that kind of knocking on the door for the last four or five years almost but yeah. I still expected actually some of the other girls to suddenly see that actually we could win one of these races Yeah, um, and I think more. we have seen that but Isabeau's still just that step ahead so well, um, so far first two rounds have gone to uh, Isabeau Cadorier yeah. and Martin Mays two for two both yeah. of those riders uh, Martin is obviously a super strong rider he seems to have come out absolutely flying this year there was talk of him doing the downhill races as well <laughs> yeah. and he didn't show up at Marable we can't blame him of course but I'd love to see him oh with last year's world champs right? yeah. So, yeah I mean if he'd have gone and won that and then not rocked up at any of the other downhill world cups it would have been probably interesting that might have changed things but yeah, yeah I mean he's what we say he's still 22 he's super young and yeah. he can obviously just turn his hand to whatever he wants yeah. um, which is yeah pretty amazing I, I'd said um, I can't remember it was probably four years ago he won the dual slalom at Sea Otter which is a big yeah. prestigious race to go and win yeah. and I was like this yeah. guy's a new John Tomac yeah. but better in yeah. terms of winning races I think yeah if he can win World Cup downhills, yeah. Enduro World Series, and uh, something that's completely different, good Jules Harlem, yeah. which shows that he's very talented on a bike. And, and I always think it's amazing he comes from a country that's yeah. really flat yeah. and hasn't got a particularly strong, you know, mountain bike culture. Into, well, the cycling culture is huge, but in terms of like yeah. a really competitive national series or yeah. or something that he's kind of for me is just like, wow, how can you be that good at so many things and. I've not grown um, up somewhere where you're racing the world's best every weekend on you, your home soil. Can you name any uh, previous great Belgian mountain bikers? Um, Nico thinks Belgian. I but, think the only uh, one I would have to be the cross country of. Um, oh, not cross country. Well, cyclocross guy. I can't think of. His name is completely disappeared from me. Oh, Vanderpoel. Not Vanderpoel. He's he's Dutch, isn't he? Oh, yeah. um, oh my word! He's on trek now. He runs the whole Telnet for Dare team. Oh, Sven Nice. Oh, Sven Nice. The, yeah, the nice biggest nice. cycling star ever. Yeah. He did a bit of mountain biking, but still did never he? really was as successful as he was at cyclocross. I so. can't think of any downhills other than Nico, Nico Vink. Vink. He did a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Amazing. He's absolutely shows that It just shows actually that if you've got a talent, it doesn't actually matter where you live. Although, did you <laughs> see there was a Belgian uh, national enduro the week before and Martin won it, but only just. Really? There was another guy. Yeah, I've forgotten his name already, but wow. it's quite interesting. I always love that idea is, you know, people that can race really well on home soil, but then you take them out of their home situation and they're just nowhere on the world stage. So yeah. there's so much more to being successful bike racer than just wow. being quick on a bike. You talk about sure. Strava. There's <laughs> plenty of people. I used to drive me nuts when the, you know, like the mashup enduro is making yeah. as many runs as you want. Yeah. I hated that because I felt like I was good under pressure. 
and I didn't have the the energy to do three runs or couldn't be asked to do three runs. Go like back practice, to back. practice. I'll, I'll go right. I can do once, and I reckon yeah. I'll beat you. But if you keep going, you'll probably beat me. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, back to uh, Madeira. So bikes. Um, obviously, Martin is running the big wheel up front. One of those mullet bikes, as we hear about. Did well at uh, Maribor as well, of course, with Boone yeah. winning. Sam Hill jumped onto a 29er. It was a bit of a surprise for me. I was, I've sort of never really expected to see Sam Hill on a 29 I don't know why, because obviously they're fast bikes. But he, yeah, he sort of... Is that Sam searching? That's my thinking. Is that, you know, <laughs> yeah. is that searching for extra seconds, thinking what else can I try or change? Or is that just yeah. driving bike design for the, his sponsors? Well, Sometimes is... you don't know, do you, with... He's the 2018 EWS champion, and he's not come in quite as hot as we'd expect or as he finished last year. So, yeah, maybe maybe he's trying to look for ways for a bit of speed. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, on the injuries list for Madeira, Cecile, of course, Ruri, we talked about Greg Callahan. I think he's... Yeah. Did he break his foot or her? Yeah, definitely. And we had Katie Winton also missing from... Uh, yeah, right, so that was a... Uh, just from a couple too many concussions in the last um, six months, really, I think, and the last one being in, in Tasmania. So she's decided to sit this one out and give her body a bit of chance to recover. So, yeah, a few few big names missing, I think. Yeah. Um, so have you, have you ridden Madeira? Never, sadly. I would, uh, having seen all the videos from this weekend, I really want to go and ride my bike there. Yeah, no, it's great. It's good. I can imagine. Well, it looks like it's a brilliant place for endurable series to go to. So I went last uh, September, I think, on a lads' riding holiday. It's a brilliant place. When I went, it was super wet, so it was a case of pure sunshine and then most horrendous uh, torrential rainstorms. Yeah. But luckily that it all dry and it was well, yeah because two dusty. years ago they had that same experience of rain I think for the EWS yeah. it was a pretty uh, harsh affair I think so but really varied some yeah. big high above the forest stuff um, really loamy or muddy if it's wet and then into the trees it does get super techy plenty of roots plenty of rocks um, yeah but it's pure sunshine this time for considering last year's endurable series was, was almost wet every round I yeah think. yeah the wet series they started calling didn't they yeah, enduro they wet series um, so as far as I well, my sort of perspective on materials it's really fun to ride but actually I can imagine it would be pretty physical to race quite short stages but with punchy sections of sprinting yeah. and and don't forget the liaisons well there was an hour two hour liaisons to get to some of those stages so yeah. it was a good day one particularly they had yeah. some big hikes to get to those short stages so yeah physically so I, yeah, demanding looking at the stats it was two days of racing there's yeah. three stages on the Saturday and five on yeah. the Sunday including uh, the gamble line if anyone's seen that video uh, that's one that Rooney rides really impressive but I think they were saying 4,000 metres of climbing on day one I was like yeah, day that can't one. be right surely no, I think day one was I don't know if it's quite that many but they definitely had two two big one was an hour and one, I think the second one was like a two hour climb to get to the first two stages okay. and then I think day two was a bit more of a, a shuttle <clears> and more right. of a descending day with shorter stages from what I gather looking at the map so so day one uh, three stages 24 kilometres uh, climb 4,000 descend 1,200 so relatively short as far as those that's some go. Good, good climbing stats there yeah yeah. the last time the EWS went there was in 2017 and the winners were Cecile uh, Isabeau second Noga Karem third in the men was Greg Callahan, Martin Mays then Damien Otton uh, although notably Jesse Manamed was going to win that race or looked a lot like it that's in, right in yeah so yeah. you know yeah, you're thinking maybe he's coming to this looking for a bit of redemption yeah um, in 2018 Isabeau Cadero was second at every round so yeah it was Obviously, with Cecile out, it does sort of feel like she's just going to sit at the front. Almost yeah, this which year. she has so far, hey? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, started off day one. She won all three stages. Uh, Ella Connolly was 22 seconds back riding the Cannondale. So I don't know anything about Ella. She's a young British rider. She is, yeah. So Ella's got quite a cool little story, actually. She's was the under-21 World Enduro Champion last year okay. um, after her first ever year of racing enduro. Right. So Jumped back in, in 2017, I was working for British Cycling um, yeah. as a technical coach for the cross-country team. And Ella was one of the... She'd been come through the junior ranks as a Scottish, but obviously British Cycling-funded cross-country athlete. Um, and she moved up into the kind of under-23 cross-country category um, and was doing well. But I have to say, technically, she was always quite strong in terms of the other females on the squad. Right, okay. But she just never seemed to quite be performing at the level that, that they wanted. And yeah. we all know kind of Olympic discipline, British cycling stuff is quite cutthroat. Yeah. Um, there's only a small squad. It's, you know, funded by... Um, by England Sport and it's like if you don't fulfil the criteria then see you later kind of attitude yeah, it's pretty that's the same with a lot of a lot of high level sports sadly but fortunately I think it was in actually in Lenzerheide at one of the World Cups and she just kind of you realised at that point it wasn't going to happen she wasn't enjoying it yeah. and it was July so I just said to her you know I've been doing loads of technical training I said why don't you have a go at some Enduros so I kind of mapped out a little plan for her at the end of the season so she could do finale uh, World Enduro I think she did maybe the Ardrock though in before because it was just a few months left yeah, went right. to Finale I think she actually went and won that last round of the EWS in her first ever kind of go right. and then managed to get some support from Cannondale in 2018 did a whole series so yeah. really cool like new to Enduro but just yeah. shows that a bit of you know it isn't just all about your skills it's not about your fitness if you've got that base which I think for her is yeah. the key she's got the fitness she knows how to hurt herself and now she's just having she's having fun it feels like the stage is wide open for women to you know to perform and get noticed with, you know on that Endurable series, not with Cecile not being there, but it feels so open at the moment. It does, and I think there's so many of them now. Like I think on day one, um, Ella was always taking second, but I think it was Bex or someone was in ninth, and there was like right, okay. five seconds or something ridiculous. Like there was, you know, yeah, so many so, riders within a few seconds. Um, and it, Ella was plus twenty two, Anita Gehrig plus twenty five, Morgan Shaw plus twenty six. Yeah, the loads in the same second. That was top five. Yeah. Although so, Isbo was a fair way ahead, the rest were really close. Yeah, so it's exciting, I think, and for them to realise that actually any of them are capable of a podium, I think that really spurs everyone on to perform at their best rather than kind of thinking, oh, well, podium's yeah. way out of sight for, for any of us. There's yeah. loads of them that could get on there. It was a similar story in the men, men's race, actually. Mays uh, GT Factory Racing won all three stages. And then it was Adrian Day plus 19 seconds, Team Lapierre, although he did have stitches in his elbow. After the elbow that he broke yeah. last year quite badly. After stage two, he had stitches, so good result from the, you know, a difficult yeah, day. Yeah. Uh, Jose Borges, the uh, Portuguese rider, riding for the Miranda Racing Team, plus 23. Samuel in fourth, plus 24, so super close. He crashed on stage three, actually. And then Ed Masters, uh, plus 27. So those next four riders are all pretty close yeah I think there's two day races as well once you've you've got that one day in the bank and you're kind of there then do you no. you know you know there's all those guys right behind you in terms of seconds do you then like go out on day two and just try and continue pushing or do I you then know. just sit and I've, I have no idea I don't, <laughs> I don't think you can sit and I don't think you can now with so many riders so close I think yeah. you've got to keep pushing but have you ever it, been in that situation overnight where you think well doing alright yeah I can just have a glass of wine and put the feet up and I mean 
I've been in that situation where I've had a nice lead, but I don't think you can ever have that attitude where you, because that's when you start to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, but there's always that fine line, you know, there's, there is risks to take and there's some that you don't have to. So there is a, sometimes a choice. My Mays but, has had a few big crashes last year, didn't he? Like, yeah. He lost a couple of rounds. Yeah. Um, other people pushing on. Mark Scott crashed hard on stage one, hand injury, we carried on. Win Masters was seventh on stage one, but had a 66th on stage two. So Something happened there. I mean, to me, this goes back to I've raced a handful of Enduro World Series races, and it's I f- it feels so difficult. Like when I race World Cup downhill, I could look at the end of a weekend and think, well, look at the time difference to me and the winner and think well if I'd nailed that section and not made that mistake and if I'd have done that line that I couldn't do or if I was 10% yeah. better rider I could you could you maybe could see, see where you, you could, could go win it yeah not really but you know what I mean you could add add the time up but within dual series there's so many things that can happen from a Thursday to a Sunday and any of them can ruin your race yeah. really yeah yeah I don't know how you do it. That's why it's, I, I really, I think it's a cool discipline because it's like, it is a jigsaw and, you know, yeah. to be good at it, you've got to work on all of those elements. There's not just one thing. And especially with the stages, with Madeira and Finale and you Being look at so the, the year, they're so, yeah. there's so many good things That's you've got why to I think in a way, like you've, you've got Martin Isabeau now, they've, they've got their rhythm, they've got that confidence spot. I don't think they're having to push beyond their limit now to, to get the results that they're getting. I think they found the place where they can obviously they're riding super fast but it's obviously kind of within themselves now and that's what we're seeing whereas everyone else is trying to push and that's when mistakes start to occur so yeah that confidence definitely is the key to to being able to be consistent I think at the Enduro World Series yeah um, so they both held those sizable leads overnight yeah. went on to day two five stages 42 kilometres Climb of 11,000, a descent of 2,000 metres. 1,100, let's hope. Uh, 1,100. 11,000. Yeah, 11, that that, that would be a big day, day out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, starting off the gamble line, which has looked unusual for Enduro. Yeah. Bombing down those big jumps. Yeah. I think you can see some people look more comfortable than others. I can't remember who it was. I think one of the French riders did not look that comfy on the big jumps, but... Yeah, it's not something you'd really see it in Enduro's these days. It's kind of been that, the idea is that's one yeah. of the difference is that generally Enduro is going to be everything that's mm. kind of rideable, rollable in a way. So yeah, it's quite Yeah, cool we saw some quite a lot of jumps actually. Was it Tasmania? I think one of those trials yeah. had a lot of jumps. Um, Ella Connolly took her first ever stage win on stage four uh, on that gamble line. Marty Mays then at Ed Masters. Uh, but it switched back on stage five Kadiria went back to the top Mays lost his first stage of the weekend it was fourth but literally only two seconds behind yeah. Melamed so yeah. not exactly losing consistency much is the key there and being always close to that top spot is the only way you're going to win it really yeah Melamed's one of those riders a brilliant rider obviously and he's maybe less consistent could you say That's the thing always has that you only need one stage to have a, a problem or a crash and I think he crashed I saw someone on Instagram actually. I think it might have been the final stage and he crashed basically into the Red Bull ban- banners oh. he went across the line and I think he barreled across the line and made it but yeah that's yeah he's always got that he's got the pace but again it's just being able to control it and and be consistent and not he make has won hasn't he did he win Whistler I'm pretty last sure last year or year before yeah. yeah for sure I mean he's been knocking on the door for a good while but I said it's not been as regular as someone like Martin has been you know for the last five years he's been consistently in that top five yeah. top ten that's it that's race it. after race after race so literally Martin's only 22 but he started off so he raced the Junior Worlds Enduro World Series and was winning that in 2013 2014 seventh place uh, the first round what was that yeah so straight into top 10 so he's he's been riding he's probably one of the few riders that has ridden the entire 
years of the Enduro World Series since it started in 2013. Yeah. He was still there and still at the top. Yeah. So, yeah, experience-wise, he's probably uh, winning, at, even though he's that young still. Yeah. Crazy. It is impressive. Uh, on stage six, actually, that's where uh, Ella Connolly had a mechanical, lost 22 seconds. So it must be pretty devastating. Well, I say devastating. She's, it must be... She must have a lot of confidence knowing that she can ride there. Yeah, the and next round, yeah. But, but to lose yeah. a lot of time is disappointing. But still end up on the podium. I think uh, she would have never expected to have done that, I'm quite sure. And I know yeah. that just to have still to come back from that 20 seconds as well, to not then lose your head for the rest yeah, of the day, I true. think that was pretty mature riding. Yeah. Uh, Melamed won again, but only by 0.78, so really not doing anything to Maze, who by now may have backed off. So stage seven was a queen stage. Uh, so this is new to me. This, have yeah. you heard about this, Tracy? Didn't I've seen new, new this year um, okay. to have this kind of like bonus bonus stage in the weekend, which is an interesting concept because then is it is always that kind of how do you attack that your is there a race strategy? Are there stages that you're going to hold back? Stages you're going to attack? Well, yeah. What did you say? There's 40 points on offer? 40 points extra if you win it that goes towards the overall. Uh, so this is something I've heard about in cross-country stage races before, but never in enduro. But yeah, uh, one they normally pick the hardest or the toughest or whatever they something, think. Yeah, good so if, if you win it, it's a big chunk towards the overall. And funnily enough, the first three rounds, Kadire and Martin Mays have won all three rounds and, and they've the, yeah. won each queen stage. Yeah. So they are racking up Bonus the points. points, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so even actually Martin Mays on the Enduro Series YouTube channel said that he was concentrating on that stage and riding says he's riding for the overall for, for the year already on stage, riding for yeah. the overall but he's still winning everything yeah. so that's the best way of riding but I think that would be interesting maybe later in the year we'll start to see that Queen stage becoming more important when Tactical. the points are so close for those second and third spots potentially at this rate we feel like the two are they're running away with it aren't they but it's still early days but yeah. it could be interesting to see whether people start to use that queen stage as a, a tactical one to try and nab some extra points over someone else that's just ahead or yeah ahead of them so yeah, yeah Mays won it by 1.75 over Borges and Melamed so pretty close I suppose um, on to final stage stage 8 it was almost the same as stage 3 on day 1 we went all the way to the beach uh, to finish the race I've actually ridden that track uh yeah, it's pretty physical, I would have thought. Some really good bits, some really nasty sort of technical rocky switchbacks, really awkward, but fairly flat in parts, I think, as far as I can remember. But yeah, Cordelia again. And Maze wrapped up that stage and, of course, the overall for the weekend. So Cordelia took it in 38 minutes, 35 over, uh, total time from Noga Korem. So she sort of quietly made her way That's up the there. thing. It's, she was still over there, there on you know, overnight. She was in that top. 10 which yeah. needs to be and then just consistency consistency keep chipping away and then yeah and she's now cons- consolidating second overall now in the series yeah she was sitting in second she's now just added another yeah. good chunk of points so i think she'll be sitting pretty happy in that spot now really yeah uh 53 seconds back though so quite a long Big way chunk back of time yeah Anna Connolly one minute five back so if it wasn't for that mechanical she would have been second you know, if, you know you can always say that with yeah. racing but yeah but i mean yeah i think for her a podium yeah is, uh, great great start Morgan Shah, uh, third place. The and again, really close. Was she not a few seconds off the yeah, podium? Yeah, she, well, she was one, a second back. One second Ella. off the podium. She's so, the yeah. former Dino World Champion. Yeah. And Anita Gehrig in fifth. Uh, the men, of course, Martin Mays. Uh, Jose Borges, plus 32. Good chunk of time for Martin to play around with. And for me, that's a name that we, you know, yeah. we've seen him racing for a good few years. But, yeah. you know, I think this year he had an 11th and a 19th at the first two rounds, I think it was. Yeah. And, you know, so that's a big improvement to be out. You know, top twenty is a tough thing to get in. To get inside the top tens, 
amazing. Mm, and yeah. to get in the top five and be on the podium. Yeah, it's sort of steadily improved looking at his results on So, recently. yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see whether that was just a bit of local Portuguese advantage or, Portuguese. Uh, or are we going to see that for the rest, next round? It'll be yeah. interesting to see. Uh, Pombo in 10th. Does he live on Madeira? I think, I think so. I think he yeah. is a Madeira local. Yeah. Certainly will, will have ridden there quite a bit. And that always, I think, has to help, you know, if you know the terrain and you know the trails. Yeah. When there's one practice run now, well, the Enduros, that's all you're allowed. There's always this topic of, you know, is that fair if someone's local? But someone's going to be local everywhere you go in the world. So yeah, it, it'll we'll see it the next one, see whether it was just a local's track or whether they're going to be able to con- keep that consistency. Uh, Malamed was third. Uh, where does he sit? Yeah, he sits third in the overall as well, actually. Now. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Day, fourth. I think he's on the way back. Obviously, we've seen him yeah. uh, been really strong, had a bad injury last year. Yeah. I think for round four, I'm expecting something big from Adrian. Definitely, yeah. Back in the Alps, back in kind of, you know. True, yeah. It's closer to home. Although I guess he's he's a southern southern France guy, but even okay. so. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a talented kid for sure and knows how to race. Uh, Sam Hill, fifth place, plus 50. Yeah, that is a big chunk back for someone who really did dominate last year. But yeah. Yeah, interesting. Again, I'm really, I can't think that Sam's going to, be happy to kind of let those guys put 50 seconds into him you know he'll, Definitely want, not. he'll want to come back um, for the rest of the season and show yeah. his boss again I think so he said on Instagram that he was sort of content I think with with points for fifth but work to do was, yeah. Was, yeah his words I think um, Florian Nicolai he's sitting second in the overall um, he did quite well I don't know where he finished in the end but um, he's always there or thereabouts I was say, so super a- fast Frenchy just yeah. always been Mr. Enduro and is a great rider, yeah. He's always just consistently fast. He was at the pointy end for most of the uh, stages, but then had a bad stage, 64th. Right, but that's still. it, yeah, just one to yeah. takes you out of contention. But but he's a fair chunk, well, no, he's 400 points back from mine, which is a fair chunk. Uh, in the women's race, I think, actually, Kaduro's got more of a lead on uh, Noga Coram, just because the way the women have been moving around. Yeah, a yeah. By 40 points. yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty good chunk of points to have at only stage, uh, only round three of the year. Yeah. Ah, see how we get on. What about, so what about Daniel Racers winning in Giro? Martin Mays obviously could prove to win, win anything, really. Um, Ed Masters, he's sixth or sixth this weekend. He's doing, that's probably actually better than he's doing at the World Cup Daniel. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny to see. Yeah, it's not quite the same as the old days where you would come over. Like you say, there's people that are coming straight, straight from Enduro. Straight into Enduro, yeah, for sure. And I think it is, um, they are two very, very different things. Although, you know, they are, you are still riding a bike down a hill. Yeah. For sure. But that, what we talked about, that kind of practice, you know, the fact with the downhill racing, you get that time to get every rock and root dialed get your line dialed and then it becomes down to you know who can hold the nerve and who can execute that perfect run at the time there's so much more mental games and focus I guess for downhill and then the enduro is much more of a A you've got to have that multi-day fitness and that kind of stamina and you've got to be able to really read the terrain and ride you know ride on instinct I think a bit more than rehearsing it's the same so they are really quite different although you know if you're still if you're good bike really should be able to ride either but I still feel like there's if you're focusing in on one, then it's probably hard to actually be at the top of both. I've always felt enduro, especially multi-day races, like whatever you are, you are. Like I've done races like Bandy Pacifico where you could be, you could have a bad day and pretty much finish sort of, you know, let's say 10th and you have a great day and only finish 8th. It's only if you maybe make some really big mistakes you drop out of that. But I just feel like 
oh, it's Anil, it's one mistake in your... Yeah, but what you sort of come into the start of the season and as good as you are is as good as you'll be all year, pretty much. I know confidence will always change with races, but I think it's more of an actual sort of show of what you've got, your skills, your fitness, everything that goes into it at the start of the year. But it's a difficult thing. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've always felt like it's it's almost like it shows your your natural ability because you have to ride a bit on instinct, I think, in how tracks change and stuff. And it's almost yeah. like... It's it shows your like inherent just skill level in some ways I think whereas downhill I feel like you've got that chance to refine it to refine it to refine it yeah. and try it a bit different and try it again there and you can definitely change things by that amount of practice. There's a great so. picture of Martin Mays on the pink bike uh, photo epic and he's in the most horrendous position on the bike <laughs> like his bum is touching the back wheel and he's and his eyes are looking like 20 feet from where he actually is. So and can he's pointing he's, the complete other direction on his bike yeah, as well. So yeah, it shows you full commitment. Yeah, he's sort of so in the zone but yeah. it's such a difficult thing. You've obviously got to be super fit but you've raced everything, haven't you? You've raced a bit of cross country yeah. as well. Yeah. How is the training different from downhill? Let's say. Ah, oh, really? For me, completely different. I, I guess really, my my downhill days. I was at the uh, at the time where where training was not probably quite as serious as it is these days. Well, it <laughs> yeah, definitely right. wasn't. So I think when I went to enduro, I actually really had to suddenly realise that there was a bit of professionalisation to do to my training and I actually took the chance to kind of train with the cross country team for the GB guys and that was the way I brought that endurance into that I needed I had the skills from the downhill racing for so many years it wasn't really the bike skills and the technical stuff I needed to work on it was just pure fitness so I trained a lot like the cross country guys did and I think that for me it was my kind of I guess secret to success because it was I felt like when I got to an enduro it was never as hard as some of those horrendous cross-country races I'd done in, in preparation. So, um, What about cyclocross? I've done oh. some tough enduro races in my time, but cyclocross is like the most it's, it's physically just, horrible thing. Well, that's the thing. Cross-country or cyclocross, it is just such a solid hour of pain. Yeah. And it's, doesn't, it's relentless. Well, at least with the enduro, it's like, you know, you, you get stages that they're not normally more than 10 minutes, say. But it's, and then a, at least it's you two can, days like, of pain. <laughs> It is, but it's not that intense. It's not that on the rivet breathing out of your... Yeah. Wherever, for, <laughs> for a long period of time. So, yeah, you can pace yourself a little bit and then you can put an effort in and then you can recover a little bit. And What about the big ones? Have you done the one at Whistler from the top of the world? The old Garbonzo... Not the Garbonzo, but it's almost Garbonzo, but like the top of the world all the way down. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to really love the longer ones. Longer really? and better for oh. me at the uh, Enduros. I raced Garbonzo at... Whistler and that's 15 minutes of horrendous yeah. back pain and oh, I couldn't stand it I was like I did it once so that's enough for me no, no I really like those because you kind of get into a bit more of a like it isn't it doesn't feel like flat out racing it's a bit more like tactical you've got to find your rhythm and yeah. stick in it and yeah I don't know why I just yeah they definitely if it was longer and more pedally for me when I was racing enduro to do uh, I used to do the best on them I think so what about the rise of the Enduro World Series it seems to be maturing really well the, the coverage they're doing is great uh I mean, the sponsor seems to be coming that way. There's a really competitive men and, men's and women's field now. It's pretty impressive in not a long time. You know? Yeah, what are we on? Year seven, is it, I think? Yeah. And uh, No, I think it's, again, it's really cool. We're seeing it so much more kind of slick, professionalised in terms of how the riders are looking, how the teams are being portrayed and the coverage. Yeah. It's still always going to be a really hard thing to kind of, to really follow and see the ins and outs of the actual race weekends, which, yeah. you know, that's always going to be a tough thing. But certainly from an industry point of view, I think it's, it's getting good support and I think that's because 
that we're seeing those bikes sold by the thousands, aren't we? Yeah, um, that's the bikes that a lot of people ride. I suppose. Exactly, and I think people can people can relate to that kind of riding too. It's the kind of riding they would love to go and do on their holiday. They're going to go to Madeira, they're going to go and ride their bikes, and they should get do. to ride some of those stages. It's brilliant. So, yeah, <laughs> I would recommend it. Such a great place. Do you f- still follow the World Cup? Well, you you went to Maribor actually. On I did go to Maribor. Yeah, duty, so you're still completely. Yeah, definitely. I'm still a big super fan for sure. And um, I was talking about you actually last week, or no, with Jonesy after Maribor about your the biggest over, bar, oh. over the bars. I think it set a world record for the biggest over the bars at high speed. In yeah, <laughs> back in I realised it was 20 years ago as well. Was it? 1999, oh, and uh, I think Alex Ranking showed that video again, didn't he? He unearthed well, it for uh, yeah for the anniversary of Maribor, and I embarrassingly watched it and realised just like all the things I just didn't do correctly and pretty much sat down on a lip of a jump which you would do at 40 miles an hour uh, that was back when it started from the top as well yeah yeah yeah. old school yeah yeah so yeah thankfully I think I've improved a little since those days (laughs) (laughs) or just not doing those high speed jumps maybe that's the safest (laughs) way (laughs) Um, we've got the first round of the cross country world cup coming up I'm uh, curious to see how that goes yeah I'm excited I think I'm Having seen some of the pictures of what the track looks like, it's going to be interesting. They've done a lot of work and made it into a yeah. bike path gravel by the look of yeah, it. Yeah, I saw is, that we were talking about that last week in Dirt Which is going to be uh, interesting one to see how the racing unfolds on um, that. So, yeah, Ant's or Anton's post. Yeah. And it sort of kicked off a little bit in the comments, which is it's good. Um, good to see people debating it. Uh, yeah. You see um, Nino Shirt and a couple of, there's a couple of really wet cross-country rounds. Yeah. They've he, had a, Europe's had a lot of wet races so far. Yeah, so he did not like it. Yeah. Uh, although what was that one what's it called uh, there's a race in Switzerland this weekend Solitaire in the bike days yeah, yeah. so he won that he just pipped Matthias Flugiger yeah. on the line yeah so um, he's obviously coming into form Kate Courtney will beat, beat Yolanda Yolanda yeah interesting yeah I think that'll be a good one I think again it's Yolanda's had quite a busy winter with cross and road racing yeah right so she definitely had a you know not a fully focused winter on the cross country, but I think the Olympics looming for all of those guys. It suddenly changes their focus and next year, yeah. next year exactly. So right. the point scoring and all those kind of things start to come really important for, for those guys. So. Yeah, well, yeah, looking forward to it. Can't wait to see what happens. So as far as enduro goes, we have got five rounds left. We've got a month's break now. Um, where we go next? It's Kanatsai. France. Kanatsai next in the Dolomites. Oh, right, okay, yeah. It's, uh, and then Lazor the following weekend, so it's back-to-back race two, weekends. Two new venues, they? For new venues for the World Series. Yeah. They, the Kanatsai one was around, actually they were both rounds last year of the European Enduro World Series. Okay, yeah. Um, and they've both been rounds of either a Super Enduro or a French National, so they're certainly not new to Enduro, but for the World Series for sure. Yeah, great. So. And then over to Whistler the crankworks round then north star california that's a new one for everyone Mountain yeah. bike racing in california yeah. it's been a while yeah uh and then zermatt switzerland final round and we've also don't forget rainbow stripes up for grabs this year at finale yeah this is going to be an interesting one what do you think of, about that are you coming out of retirement for that one do you know what i i as it was announced i definitely did the uh did some research and the only way you can do it is you need to be in the top three of your country's rankings oh, right. at the end of the season that's so hard work. it's pretty much you know it's done with whoever's racing or who's performing best so there was no way of just nipping out for one race and hoping i could get selected so wow what are we thinking for that france of course for men men's and women's looking strong definitely yeah who is martin gonna find to ride for him maybe well, his the brother thing, and his it? dad that's the thing there's a few countries like noga for example you know yeah right it's just, israel how, Israel, how many yeah. other Israelis are there riding in the pack? So there's going to be a few riders missing from that race, which unless they can team together, but I don't think that's really uh, allowed. So yeah, it's going to be. They do a, a team, like an industry uh, race as yeah. well. So there's been talk. I mean, I'm keen. Blake is, says he's keen, but I'm not sure how keen oh, he actually is. Oh, we're going to see a GMBM team going. I don't know yet. 
I, it's hard to look past the French. You've got Couturier, Morgan Shaw. Who's the next French woman? Actually? Well, if Cecile's back, but then again, True. she's probably not going to qualify. The same Ooh. issue because she won't be in the rankings. So at the so. moment, it's Melanie Pugin down in Who's another? Yeah, but she's actually potentially a lot better than that. So three Brits actually higher. The than Brits that. could be good. Sadly, we're going to not have Katie Winton there because she was definitely third oh, last yeah. year. You'd have thought she would have been one of ours, but it's probably going to be Bex Barona, Becky Cook, and Ella Conley. And Ella, yeah, all in the top eight. So yeah, Ooh, that's, that's not looking... not a bad one really for the girls. Yeah. Well, a couple of strong Swiss, I guess. So, yeah, it's going to be yeah, definitely a very interesting race. And with that dynamic of having to be all from the same country, it's going to Seems a bit unusual it. to have three rainbow jerseys. I presume they'll ride next year's Endurable mm. Series in a rainbow jersey. No, I don't right. think they will be able okay. to because you have to kind of... They're going to be won as a, a very different event. So the actual Enduro mm. Series World Champion is going to be the winner of the series. Yeah. And I don't think that... I'm, I might be wrong on this one, but I don't think that Rainbow Jersey will actually ever see the light of day sadly. Oh, that's a bit of a bummer. But, you have uh, to put it on to go out for your Strava races. But it's still you, good to have one. I wouldn't say no to having the chance True. to win another one. <laughs> I, I can't say I've been anywhere near one, so nothing I have to worry about. But yeah, it's pretty cool. It's cool to see, it. I mean, a different uh, type of racing as well. We've yeah, seen and it. it's the sport evolving, isn't it, as well? Yeah, you know? it's a motocross thing, really, motocross destinations. Yeah. That's the way they've always done it. Um, yeah. I think if it's a ride, I think it's quite a nice thing to do suddenly to rather than be you know, racing against each other individually to suddenly actually come together as a nation and think, come on, right, let's, what can we do for our country? I think it's, yeah. you know, really cool dynamic and it'll change the way they ride, I reckon. Yeah, can't wait to see it. Right, brilliant. Great chat about the, well, lots of things, Madeira and else. Uh, but thanks, Timo. It's been a lot of fun. You're welcome. Uh, okay, so the next podcast is next Monday, uh, talking about Alpstadt World Cup cross country. So if you're into that, uh, join us next week.